Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Monday, October 23rd. The I Can't Do This Alone edition. I'm Zach Rosen. I make another show called The Best Advice Show. And I'm Dad to Noah, who's six, and Ami, who's three. We live in Detroit. I'm Janiela Lemieux. I'm a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who's 10, and we live in Los Angeles. I'm Duarte Geraldino. I'm an editor, journalist, uh, dad to Oya and Olu, and we live just outside of New York City. So nice to have you back on the show today. Oh, my pleasure. The holiday season is... It's crazy. I can't believe it's right around the corner. And uh, with that, we've got a listener question from a parent who's about to take a big trip with their three kids, and they're feeling overwhelmed with the prospect of doing it all on their own. Then we've got a quick but extremely useful question. How to make sure your kids don't lose all their stuff at the playground? We'll talk all about it after this quick break. All right, let's go to our first listener question. Dear mom and dad, I'm in need of your expert advice for an upcoming adventure I'm about to embark on. Air travel with my three boys all by myself. We're flying solo to visit my parents with a short one-hour flight within Canada and a six-hour overnight flight to Switzerland. While I'm not a nervous flyer and consider myself quite organized, I would love to hear your best tips to ensure a smooth and enjoyable journey for all of us. I'm sure you have insights that may cover aspects I haven't even thought about yet. For instance, when I need to use the bathroom, should I leave my four-year-old with the older ones, or is it better, for safety reasons, to take him with me? Your expertise and creative suggestions would be greatly appreciated. I'm eager to gather any tips or strategies that can make this adventure more manageable and fun for the whole family. Flying with the family. I wish I knew how old the older ones are. Me too. (laughs) because <laughs> that's sort of the biggie. Uh, and I have to assume that they're no more than six years older. So like 10-year-old, 10. So like, the absolute oldest, yeah. I would, yeah. I agree. So it's sort of a, a tricky situation. This cuts close to home because I was traveling with my kids and my sister, who also has twins, she clocked me one time. She's like, come on, Duarte. <laughs> You're doing too much. When I would travel, because I was so concerned, it would be me, my kids, either a friend or a nanny. And she's like, you're traveling like a broke Saudi prince. There are too many people in your caravan. <laughs> like, you can do this on your own. So I, I, I did it, and it was, it was hard, right? Like, I'm not, yeah. not going to lie. And I only had two. Uh, this person has three children. And what I did, I had to sort of plot it out like a heist, like a scavenger hunt. There are three critical points to flying there's the security checkpoint first right uh there's boarding and then seating uh, for a couple of hours so what i i did is i i we went through we walked through the scenario we played the game we're gonna go on a flight where we go through the house pretend what it was like to go through the security checkpoint and that's important because they have to go through individually they're not gonna let you carry the, your kids through Right. And so that's the first point. And what I always recommend is that you, the adult, go through first. And that's not intuitive. Right. You sort of want your kids Mm. to go in first. Problem is, if they're on the other side and you're stalled, they're just dangling on the other side of the security checkpoint by themselves. Whereas if they're behind you, there's at least a line of people who are mean mugging. (laughs) So they're not going to let your kid run the other way. And the security guards. So there's a little bit more self-contained. And then you can sort of usher them across the checkpoint. That's sort of like the first thing. 
that is incredibly stressful. When my kids were just learning how to walk, I was frustrated because I had to put the stroller through and then each one had to go through on their own. And I was like, this is way too stressful. So parent always go through first and then bring the kids over. Second point, boarding. Uh, use your privilege of getting early boarding. Don't be late. Yes. You're going to get early boarding. Don't be late. It's so important because if you didn't go to the family restroom before, this is your chance to go to the restroom and get yourself situated to see how you're mm -hmm. going to do it. And with this person, again, unless you're sitting in a four-person row, it's kind of difficult because one child is not going to be within hand's length of a parent. Um, but, you know, that's going to be where you need to practice what you're going to do sitting for six hours with your kids, what kind of games you're going to have. Um, I always like drawing because then you can pass and tic-tac-toe, things like that. And hopefully if you choose the right flight, they're going to go to sleep. In terms of using the bathroom, if you, everybody goes into the family bathroom together. That's why they have those changing rooms. Nobody's left behind. You, you really just can't leave a child behind in the airport anywhere. Now, once you're on the flight, a little bit more leeway because they're in their row and they're buckled up and they know not to unbuckle. So maybe you can take your four-year-old. Uh, but that's the only place where I would even dream about letting a child go to the bathroom by him or herself is in a flight where <laughs> you know what's going to happen. But practice, practice, practice so that they know what it's like. Otherwise, it can be pretty scary or you can feel just stretched too thin. One adult with three kids. I would just add to that blankets and pillows so they can get cozy and relax and hopefully fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Snacks or a hearty meal before the flight. I mean, you should have snacks for the flight, especially for a six-hour yeah. flight. And I'd imagine, um, well, it's an overnight flight, so I don't know if they're going to serve meals. But make sure that they've had something, you know, good on their stomachs so they're a little tired. And they'll just knock out, hopefully. Yep. Maybe not, but it increases the chances that they will if they've had something to eat. Mm -hmm. What do you do for that earache that they get? Chewing gum. Yeah. My daughter gets it bad sometimes and gum doesn't always help, but it's the best, you know, and there've been flight attendants who've showed her little tricks like, Oh, you know, chew like this or plug ears like that. But man, it's a pain. Yeah. But also like, getting to like go and pick pick a pack of gum like at the airport is kind of a special treat you know so you can you can kind of play that up also uh if you want to get them to sleep gummy melatonin that has served us well before and we lean deep into screens it's like there's no screen limits um <laughs> with travel so if your kids happen to be screen zombies like like mine when we allow it like use it that's that's a a huge weight off your back Duarte, you said, um, you know, to avoid looking like you're, you're stretched too thin. Even if you're not feeling like that, I find that if you present that to airport people, they have more sympathy for you. So just like really milk the, the face of just like looking overwhelmed, <laughs> even if you're not. And you'll be going to the front of lines. You'll be getting, you know, maybe even upgrades. You never know. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that I, the, the only other thing that I would add is because this is a really long flight, do something when you get to the gate that is going to expend their energy the best that you can. So like um, encouraging them just to like run in circles for an hour, like just anything where you can keep your eye on them, but they will be a little tired going into the flight. That certainly will help too. 
I saw this one mom, Zach, who yeah. brought a little jump rope, and her kids were jumping rope, rope. waiting. I was like, that is so that, smart. That is so smart. Because it packs really easily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were, That's really smart. The flight was delayed, and they were just jumping. And we were all like, what in the world? <laughs> Double dutch at the gate. You love to see it. Yeah. Flying with the family. We hope you have a great trip, and uh, let us know how it goes. Mm-hmm. Good luck. All right, we have one more question. Does anyone have a good suggestion on how to label kids' clothes slash water bottles in a way that they will come back from the lost and found slash playground? We have the good stickers. We have written names on the inside of the coats, but it doesn't seem to help. Do I just buy the most obnoxious gear I can find? Lost, but not always found. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> the most obnoxious. Yes. Bright colors and unique patterns go for stuff that's easy to recognize so it'll stand out. Um, but guess what? They're still going to lose it. Sorry to yeah. tell you. Yeah. Um, you say you have the good labels, but I just wanted to to flag. Uh, there's a wire cutter article from this past summer by Lori Sullivan where they picked um, – the best labels for kids' school gear and clothing. We'll put that in the show notes. But um, their pick was the Name Bubbles Custom School Supply Labels. They're easy design labels. They're durable. They show no signs of wear or tear after 60-plus washes. So even though that might not be your issue, I did like uh, doing label research. So um, that's just an FYI. I think, like Jamila said, your kids are going to lose stuff. But there might be something we can do at home to just like encourage them to be responsible for their stuff um i know that's a lot easier said than done like i've i've lost like there's like pairs of pants that i bought in my 30s that i have no idea what happened to them so um easier said than done but it might be you know a good time to to talk about like you are responsible for this um you are old enough to to take care of fill in the blank um but then if they do you know when they do lose it not to be so hard on them it's it's so difficult because based on age, right? You know, if you're, if, yeah. you're, if you're so young, you can't expect someone to keep track of all their possessions. It's just so hard enough. Um, bright colors, like Jamila said, bright, 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 and the name. But also, you know, don't go crazy and get them to expensive things because things will get lost. Yeah, if you're getting hand me downs or you're not spending too much on clothes, it's also not as painful to lose them. I love hand me downs. Oh, I mean, they, our kids grow so fast. It's, it's, I mean, especially shoes. I hate buying new shoes. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's too much. My daughter, twins, oh man. Naima wears a woman's seven and a half now. Oh my. Unbelievable. Wow. Like kid shoe days are over. Like they still make children's shoes in her size. I forget what size she wears in kids, but there's like very little difference in price at this point. It's like buying a grown up shoes. Oh my goodness. Do you have a foot that's seven and a half too, or are you, I, your foot bigger? I wish. No, I wear a ten, so oh. she's gonna probably end up wearing a ten herself. <laughs> I hope she lands at a ten, because then we can share shoes. That would be great. Oh, nice. Be great. <laughs> Listeners, uh, we know that you have all the great hacks, so send them along for lost but not always found. Email us at mamadad at slate.com or leave a voice message at 646-357-9318. Finally, let's move on to recommendations. Duarte, what are you recommending this week? So my kids are just focusing on reading. And so I found 
these alphabet locks, these little toy locks. I'm not sure if you guys used them before, but you know, mm-hmm. they have as many locks as there are letters, and each one has a key with a letter. And what you do is you got to find the key that matches the lock, and it teaches mm. fine motor skills. You have to recognize the alphabet. I just love them, and it's like hours of fun. Obviously, they're a lot of little pieces, so you can't really travel with them. But you know, you put them out huh. on their own, and it's fantastic. I was like, "What?" So the key is also the shape of a letter. Is that- no, no, no. It's just a regular lock and key, but the the lock has, for example, an M on it. But the key also has an M, and you got to find. Oh, you I know, see. the M key within all the alphabets that matches this lock. Uh, and it's just, I was like, oh, my God, this is sort of, it hits all the boxes. Fine motor skills, literacy, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the cool. engineering. <laughs> They're cheap, too. This is, like, really, really cheap. So this is not an expensive. But, you know, I think that the big expense is the time to cleaning all these pieces up. Because you got to figure you have 27, 26 keys and 26 locks right. <laughs> that right. you got to deal with. Oh, that's cool. I'm looking at a company called Lakeshore Learning that has it. I don't know. Do you have a, a particular? That's the one uh, that I have. That's like the big yeah. name brand. But there are all sorts okay. of knockoffs that just do the same thing. You know what I mean? It's a key in a lot. Great. It's not too. Cool. <laughs> Love it. What about, what about you, Jamila? I am recommending Patty LaBelle's macaroni and cheese recipe. Um, I remember her sharing it on like maybe Oprah years ago when I was a teenager. And this is how I learned how to make macaroni and cheese, baked Southern style macaroni and cheese. There's one caveat. I omit the Velveeta. I was just going to say, I'm looking this up. The Velveeta, that's an interesting. Yeah, I think Velveeta is disgusting. I mean, I'd be curious to see how it I am kind of curious as to how it all plays together, you know, and this is her famous recipe that she makes for all the celebrities and stuff. Uh But without the Velveeta, it is great. And um, we made some last week and it was delicious. Do you replace the Velveeta with a different cheese? I use a little extra uh, cheddar. Okay. You know, I grew up on Velveeta. I mean, we used to make, we thought that was high cheese. We used to say Velveeta. <laughs> now I won't touch the stuff. But it was good growing up. I just that remember. Goo- that gooey bag. Yeah, I can taste it right now. Oh, yeah, I used to love that too. Um, and she uses Munster cheese, I see, which mm-hmm. is cool. Munster, cheddar, Monterey. Nice. There's really nothing better than baked mac and cheese. You know, apparently that was the original mac and cheese. It, it used to be, because that's like a, an American thing, right? So one, a very, very American. And it used to be called macaroni pie. Like it was always supposed to be that way. And then we got into this creamy mess that people huh. look, look at today. But that's like the original, that mm-hmm. Southern yeah. macaroni pie thing. The best. The best. Uh-huh. On last week's show, I was talking about Noah's first sleepover, so I don't think it's a coincidence that what I'm recommending this week uh, is Mario Lopez. You might know him as AC Slater from Saved by the Bell. Um, I don't know how, I didn't think I was following him on Instagram, but he found me on Insta. Uh, the algorithm served served him to me, but he's does all these i mean if you remember from saved by the bell he's a great dancer Mm -hmm. so he does these dances with his teenage daughter on instagram and it's just like the cutest thing um and it brought me so much joy just seeing like uh you know a daughter into her teenage years still still wanting to spend time with her dad so you know which was what i was talking about being insecure about after noah's first sleepover so i think that like that video found me at the perfect time and so if you're looking for a a a little pick-me-up just look at A.C. Slater dancing with his daughter. Cute. I'm going to check that one out. And that's our show. 
Please subscribe, leave a rating and review, and tell your friends. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Maura Curry. Shasha Leonard is the voice of our listeners. Alicia Montgomery is the VP of Slate Audio. For Jamila Lemieux and Duarte Geraldino, I'm Zach Rosen. Thank you for listening. <laughs>